welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And Brittany and I had a very busy weekend and went to a lot of college gymnastics meets. And the biggest one is probably Michigan versus Michigan State. Not probably. It definitely was. (laughs) So we're going to talk about that as well as some of the other competitions that we went to and watched this weekend. So sit back, relax, grab a snack, and enjoy this week's episode. So this weekend was a very busy one for Brittany and I. I feel like we spent majority of the weekend either in a car or at a gymnastics meet, <laughs> which I'm not complaining. Well, I'm complaining about being in a car, but I'm not complaining about being at gymnastics meets. The last five days, I don't even want to know how many hours I spent in a car between work and then going to gymnastics meets. <laughs> I like lived in my car the past five days. It's all right. It's all in the name of gymnastics <laughs> and trying to make a living. <laughs> But it was a great weekend. We obviously on Friday got to watch a lot of the competitions that are on TV. Well, I did at least. Brittany kind of wasn't feeling too hot. Yeah, I went to bed like super early on Friday. But I did go back and watch LSU, Missouri, and Bama, Florida. So I do have some notes on that. But And then Saturday we went to Central Michigan for Northern Illinois versus Central. And then Sunday we went to Eastern Michigan's first home meet of the season against Ball State. And then in the evening we went to East Lansing for the ever so intense rivalry meet that is Michigan versus Michigan State. And it was a good one. It did not disappoint. <laughs> we have lots of thoughts, but we think we're gonna leave it as like a little bit of a cliffhanger. Like you guys don't really know what point in the episode we're gonna say our thoughts. <laughs> So you're going to have to stick around. I know. We had someone message us last night. They were like, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this meet. We do have lots of thoughts. But yeah, I think we should start from the beginning. So let's start with Friday and then we'll just go from there. So first up, we had LSU versus Missouri. LSU came out on top with a 19715 to Mizzou's 196525. Honestly, I feel like LSU looked pretty good here. They started out really strong on vault. We saw a stuck Yurchenko full from KJ Johnson finally. I feel like this season we have not seen her do that yet. Yeah, I feel like on vault and floor, not trying to say that she hasn't been doing good because she has been doing good, but last season she was just so rock solid and she's just been a little bit off this year. So it was nice to finally see her do what she was doing like all the time last season and get that stuck landing. We also yeah. saw Haley Bryant stick her vault. She got a 10. It was phenomenal. Some other good vaults in there as well. They went over to bars. I think the standout of that rotation was Alexis Jeffrey leading off with a 9925, which is a career high. And then they went over to Beam and they were really, really nervy on Beam. They had Kai Rivers that fell in the leadoff spot. And then they had a series of just wobbly routines from that point forward, pretty much. You know, they had Alona, Sierra Ballard, um, Alana Arenas. They all had kind of shaky routines that didn't score the greatest. Yeah, kind of were opening the door for Mizzou to come through. They did, 100%. And I was a little bit disappointed to see that Mizzou didn't really capitalize on it the way that I was hoping that they would. Because the door was definitely open for them. And with too. them on floor, they could have definitely put up some huge scores. And then Beam, they're they're good on Beam too. So yeah. they were closing on, I would say, two of their best events. And LSU between that rocky beam rotation and then also some, you know, small mistakes here and there on floor definitely opened the door. But yeah, Mizzou had just about as many mistakes as LSU did between those two events. Yeah, and they did have Amari Celestine back in the lineup, which I was really happy to see. She's been missing the past 
two weeks of competition on vault and floor. We did see her do a bars at their exhibition right before season started, but she's kind of been a big question mark for Mizzou and, you know, not really sure, you know, if there was an injury or what was going on. So I was really, really happy to see her back out there. Um, and I think that if Mizzou wants to stay competitive with some of the best teams in the nation, they really need her at her fullest potential, as well as some of the other talented athletes they have on their team, like Jocelyn Moore and Helen Hu and the freshman Addie Lawrence. Sam Schreiber. Yeah, Sam Schreiber. Yeah, they have a really, really talented team. Um, I just don't think they were quite on their A game at this meet, and they really needed to be because LSU is a very, very strong team. So LSU was able to come away with the win in the end, and their score of 197-15 was good enough to move them up to eighth in the overall rankings, which is a big improvement for them. They started out the season with a lower score. Yeah, they weren't even in the top 10. Yes, I don't remember quite where they were, but they were definitely down. So they're starting to make their way up and kind of get to the point in the rankings that I think a lot of people probably expected them to be at. The other meet that we were able to watch this weekend was Florida versus Bama. So Florida was able to come away with the win with a 197-325 to Bama's 196-45. And this meet was actually pretty refreshing, I would say. I feel like for once we saw two top-notch SEC teams that were getting scored accurately for the most part. Like, there's always going to be routines that you could find that are overscored or underscored. Like, judging is never going to be as 100% consistent as we want it to be or that it should be. But I did find this meet to be a relatively fair meet. Yeah, it kind of felt like a Big Ten meet or something, honestly. Like, not super crazy scoring that you would normally expect right well like we like we saw with michigan michigan state which we'll get to in a moment good scores but not like getting nine nine pluses for every single routine (laughs) no matter what they do in the routine so that was a positive i think takeaway from this meet we saw florida continuing to use their depth we saw kayla DiCello do the one and a half for the first time in the lineup which was great honestly i wasn't expecting it to be in the lineup this early in the season but i don't know if i really saw her being in the vault lineup at all and to be fair she kind of at least to my knowledge just recently started doing the one and a half like all preseason we saw her doing the full and i was like that's just not going to be needed in florida's lineups right when you have like your entire roster that can do one and a half a full is just not going to cut it although she had a nice fall but a one and a half looked great as well and she was able to control the landing really nicely so i think that that's a vault that they're definitely going to look to have in their lineup um, especially for as they head into postseason but we also saw rachel bauman back in the lineup on floor yeah another big question mark after you know an alleged elbow injury we didn't watch that meet and didn't really get to hear the commentary as far as what happened and well, I, so I think they said in the broadcast this week, if I'm not mistaken, that in vault warm-ups the week prior, which we we watched that meet, but we missed the vault rotation. So if there was any mention of it back then, we, we just didn't hear it. But this week, they said that she injured herself in vault warm-ups, and it was like an elbow injury. But nonetheless, she was back in the floor lineup and had a good routine. So very, very relieved to see her back out there um, and healthy for Florida because I think she's a really big asset to that team. Um, not only on floor, but vault, obviously, and beam as well. That's an event we haven't really had the chance to see her on yet for Florida, but aside from the exhibition uh, before season started, but... And she did one 
exhibition routine, I think, during one of the meets as well. Did we actually see it, though? Or did we just hear about it? Because I don't. I have, like, zero memory of her actually yeah, doing beam. maybe just heard about it. I know she hit a beam routine. When I think of her doing beam, I think of her at Georgia. So yeah. that tells me that she has not seen we a lot it. of Florida beam action. But they're also so incredibly deep on that event that, like, you could be really, really, really good on beam and not make Florida's lineup. Right, exactly. Like, uh, Leah Clapper. Which apparently she's dealing with a sprain. Yeah. I can't remember what body part it was to, if it was her ankle. I think it was ankle. Yeah. Yeah, I think I heard Um, that. She was on some podcast. And I I didn't listen to the podcast, but I saw it on, I think it was the College Gym Facebook group. Which would explain why she's absent. She was somebody who was really consistent. Honestly, her, really her whole career. Yeah. Maybe aside from her freshman year, but really sophomore year on, she was like a a mainstay. And not just getting average scores. She's getting like nine, nine plus. I mean, she's gone as high as 10. Right. Um, Very consistently high scores that she puts up on that event. She was the one person that, you know, before season started, everyone was talking about, like, who's going to be in Florida's beam lineup. And I feel like everybody went to her as the person that was going to get out first. Like She, she was, was always She was, like, me. the main person that people were knocking out. But I did not believe that that no. was going to happen. I, I had full faith that she was going to be in that lineup just because of how consistent she was. So, yeah. I mean, obviously now if she's having some sort of ankle injury, it would make sense. But I'm hoping that she'll be okay and that for postseason, she's somebody in contention for a lineup spot there. Because I think that, especially with her being her last year of gymnastics, she's definitely earned the right to be in that lineup. As long as she's healthy and, of course, being consistent. For so. sure. But other than that, I would say it was a pretty solid meet for Florida. Not their absolute best performance, but also nothing horrible. I mean, it's the beginning of the season. And I think really this week across the board, we saw a lot of the top teams kind of like not really look their best it was just like a okay week if that makes sense like nobody well i shouldn't say nobody was crazy good because there were some teams that were very very good but i feel like a lot of the typical top teams were just like okay it felt like a slower week for ncaa yes like we did not see any tens if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think we saw any tens Y'all, I'm dumb as hell. Literally, like, five minutes ago, I just said that Haley Bryant got a 10, and now I'm like, there's no 10s this week. There definitely was. Haley Bryant got a 10, but I believe, other than her, we did not see any other 10s. Now you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we didn't see any 198s, so Michigan still is the only 198 score of the entire season, and we're heading into week four, which is, like, shocking. <laughs> At I this know. rate, I'm like, how did Oklahoma or Florida not go 198 yet? I don't know. <laughs> but I guess... Bama probably should mention how their performance was. They had two people fall on bars. I don't remember off the top of my head who they were, but they had a pretty shaky competition and they were rusting a lot of people. Like Luisa Blanco didn't vault. We didn't see Macari Doggett at all this meet. We didn't see Shallon Olsen on floor. Yeah, and a lot of new faces or people that we haven't seen yet this season. Like Shania Adam, she was in on vault and she was in on floor. I actually got a nine nine on floor, which was really nice to see. Vault only doing the Yurchenko full. Normally she does a one and a half. And she struggled with it a little bit. She had like a really, really deep But she did squat. stick it, so like she didn't move her feet, so that's great. But then But it, it scored like a nine six. It was such a deep squat on the landing that it was almost like, she didn't stick it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I was going to say, so I'm I'm trying to recall back to the meet now. Bama had two falls on bars. Vol, if I'm remembering correctly, was just, like, not as solid in the landing department. They had a lot of, like, large steps or hops. No stuck landings, mm-hmm. you know, for any of their one-and-a-halves or for their falls. So not quite probably what they were looking for, I'd imagine, on that event. Beam was also kind of average. 49.25 is what they got on that event. So, again, not anything, like... 
disastrous by any means, but also kind of just like average. Which at this point in the season, I think honestly is fine. Nobody yeah. really should be going out there and every week getting like 49.5, 49.6. That's just not realistic, especially if you're trying to be healthy and last until yeah, postseason. So, um, but they were really, really good on floor. They that was their highest event of the night with a 49.425. So definitely not a bad showing for either team, um, but lots of areas to improve on as well as they go into week four. Moving on to the first meet that me and Ashley went to in person this past weekend. Um, on Saturday, we went to CMU to see CMU and NIU. And I want to start by saying that CMU had a really, really good crowd. Yeah. And really great energy. Lori Demers, which is Hannah Demers' mom, she's hilarious. I love watching her at me. She's like running around in her sparkly high-heeled boots. She reminds me cheering in Mean Girls, Regina George's mom. In the scene where they're uh, at the a talent show or whatever it is, and she's like in the audience recording. With the camera? That's totally Lori Demers. Lori, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> but she said that that was like one of the best crowds that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really, really cool to be a part of that. Just the energy in there. And I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to say this without saying like, I don't know, I guess without like putting any other teams down. But I feel like in the MAC conference, you don't really get that good of a crowd. No. Not only size-wise, but also energy-wise. It's, they, they tend to be more relaxed meets which honestly I got no shade that's, that's my vibe honestly like yeah. I love going to a meet and just having like a right. chill time I got a migraine after the Michigan State meet because <laughs> we'll, we'll get there but it was basically a sellout crowd and and you're so uh, loud your head paid the price yeah so you know maybe I am just a girl that needs to go to Mac meets and have a, a chill environment and, <laughs> not <have> to... <laughs> and again I just want to make it clear just for anybody who is like a parent or a coach or an athlete in the Mac conference I'm actually saying that I prefer that environment personally oh, and it's, it's not, not it's like a knock shady I mean it, it also is just true like anyone that's been to a Mac meet or, or any of the smaller conferences it's not the same as you know the SEC or the Pac-12 or even the Big Ten it's just it is different it's Mm. not rude to say that but it's an area that I think CMU is excelling at I think they bring in a really nice crowd and it's a really high energy crowd like everyone is really pumped up and I personally think Lori Demers has a lot to do with that well they have a lot of students it appears I mean I guess I don't know if they're students not like I went around and surveyed them and asked them who they were but what appeared to be students they had a lot of students that came out yes and that's something that we don't see a lot from like Eastern or even Bowling Green you know just I'm thinking of some of the other schools that I've been to and seen meets and um, definitely a different vibe at Central, which I think is really cool. And honestly, if we lived closer, we'd go back more often. It's about a two-hour drive from us because we're, you know, if you're looking at your hand, the, the Michigan mitten, um, we're kind of towards the bottom of the mitten, and Central is getting towards, not it's not at the top of the mitten, but it's basically like right before where your fingers start. Yeah, it's kind, making sense. Kind of. It's like over to like the left side of your hand and then up more yeah so kind of towards like the water like that side of the state which i mean i guess there's water in all states okay we are not making sense we digress anyways it's not as close to us as we would like it to be yeah it's quite the drive we like cmu and we want to go support them more but it is quite the hike but as far as the actual gymnastics that we saw CMU struggled on beam, but really, aside from that, they looked really, really, really good. Really good, yeah. I so badly want them to make it to regionals, and they definitely have the potential. I mean, they're down Katie Kowalski, who is 
you know, she's mainly a star on vault. I think that's what a lot of people draft her for their fantasy teams for. But she also does other events. She's beam and she's floor. And she's a pretty solid score for the team. So that's a big loss for them. But, I mean, they didn't let it show, at least at this meet. Mm-hmm. They looked, you know, composed. They looked like, you know, they're just ready to go. They're ready for it. The f- other foals that they had in their lineup were really dynamic and clean. That was one thing that me and Ashley really noted watching Central, especially in comparison to a lot of the other Mac schools that we've seen. CMU is very clean. They do really, really clean gymnastics, and that's on all the events, truly. Mm-hmm. Like, on bars, their handstands, the pirouettes are finishing right on top of the bar, their releases. CMU is like, they're doing something right when it comes to teaching how to do tacachas because every yeah. single gymnast in that lineup has like one of the highest tacachas I've ever seen in my yeah. life. They were doing pretty good at finding the landings too. I mean, really, like you said, aside from Beam, where they had, you know, a little bit of nerves, I think. Um, just a really solid meet for them, and I was super impressed, too, with how clean they were. And, you know, they're the kind of team that if they put it all together and they hit, you know, I could see them getting near 197. Even. Oh, totally. And I want to give a shout-out to former podcast guest who we actually just recently had on, Luciana Alvarado. We are seeing her do the all-around, finally. That was something that, coming into season, we weren't sure about. Um, she only did vault and bars at the exhibition at Michigan, And she said that it was her goal to get in the lineups on every event, um, and she is doing that now. So she's somebody that I think is going to be a really big asset to that team. I think that especially on bars, she is 10-0 worthy once she puts together a complete routine. Because when you look at her lines, her toe point, really every aspect of her bar routine, I think is very much capable of perfection. Yeah, what was her score again? She got like a 9-8-something. I think she got a 9-8-2-5. With a pretty big hop forward on the dismount so you know imagine she sticks that you're definitely looking at 99 plus yes absolutely and they have some really fun floor routines as well that's another event that i think they're really really good on this season um i think compared to some of the other teams that we've seen this weekend not just in the mac but really across the board all conferences i haven't really been that impressed with floor choreography this season Mm -hmm. i'm finding that a lot of teams I don't know. They just don't always really seem to have a lot of like, I know people hate the word personality in regards to floor routines, but um, I don't know. Like that little extra, there's mm-hmm. that little extra something that you could tell the gymnast is connected to the routine and they enjoy the routine. Right. They're not just going through the motions. Yes. And I really felt like watching Central, they seem to be having fun on floor. They had a really good energy, engaging choreography that the fans can get into. So yeah, I really just think that Central is doing a lot of really great things and really excited to see, you know, what they're able to do this season. Because like you said, I think they have a lot of potential to, you know, maybe even get back to regionals. That's the goal. I know that's the goal for them as a team. And keeping my fingers crossed as a fan that that happens because I think they can do really big things. After the CMU meet, me and Ashley rushed to our parents' house to watch UCLA and Washington. For UCLA, this was their third away meet in a row, which I would imagine is very, very difficult. I'm You know, I'm telling myself that this is good practice for them when they eventually move to the Big Ten and they're going to have really, really long travel trips on their schedule. This is maybe an early form of practice for that, but... Um, I would imagine that it's hard to be on the road for as long as they've been on the road. So really excited to see them next week back in Poly. This meet wasn't as strong, kind of like I was saying in the very top of this episode. Um, Like most teams, I feel like we saw some mistakes or just not as 
strong of a performance as we've been seeing weeks one, two, and three from a lot of these teams. And UCLA is really no exception. They were resting some key athletes. We didn't see Mars on floor. We didn't see Anna Pedereriu on beam. MML Buyo was not originally slated to do floor, but then she ended up going in at the last second. Yeah, they had Maddie Animi in at first. Mm-hmm. And Maddie Animi was in the vault. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think that she should be in the bars lineup, which I am here for. Yeah. If there was any of, I think we said that in one of our episodes, if there's any event that I saw her making the lineup, it would be bars because she has really great lines Mm and she nailed the bar routine she did to meet the Bruins. So. And I feel like they have some people in the bar lineup that maybe I, they're not guaranteed. They're not locks. Yes. Like I feel like there's some room to play around with that event and who you take out and who you put in. Colliana Steele did bars. Yeah, she did. She was kind of uh, a mystery this season. Didn't really see a lot of her in preseason and didn't know if we were going to see her this season, but she did a bar routine and she did really, really well. So that was really nice to Mm -hmm. see. Other highlights from UCLA, um, Selena Harris stuck her one and a half. Selena Harris doing Selena Harris things. She just, the world is hers. She, she dominates the world. Blows my mind. And she's only a freshman. She, I, We literally said this last week, now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like, what I'm about to say is literally what I said last week, but it's just so true. She literally looks like she's a senior. She does not compete like a freshman. She has this level of confidence and just coolness to her. I love her. She's a badass. She's someone that I really want to get on the show. I know we just had Shay Campbell on, so I don't want to like over UCLA it, but you know what? I'm fine with over UCLA it. We love UCLA. <laughs> we can be biased. But she's just so good. And her gym actually, I don't know if you saw this, but her gym put out a tweet. I think it was after that meet. Basically saying that there was, I don't know if it was multiple teams or a team that wasn't interested in her and apparently they told her that and that is the biggest L that any team could take. She's literally making a fool out of whatever team that is. And I think that people are like trying to figure out what teams it is, but I just don't think there's any way that we really can figure that out. Like, yeah, you can go look at her Instagram to see like what team she's following, but that doesn't really mean anything, I feel like. So I see people online trying to like draw conclusions of what team she's talking about, but I don't think we'll ever really know the answer to that unless Selena chooses to speak on that topic. Maybe that's something that she can be asked when she's done with gymnastics. Right. That's why I like to get people on the podcast after they graduate because then you can get more tea from them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like when they're actually actively competing in the middle of their careers, you can't like do a tell-all. Right. They're a little more tight-lipped. The university tends to make them be more tight-lipped and that's just kind of how it goes. But but either way, screw whoever it was. She is literally making a fool out of them. They should be embarrassed. <laughs> how embarrassing for them. Yeah. And Selena they... Harris is killing it. <laughs> um. Also, Jordan Childs is killing it. Yeah. Once again, she comes through with the beam save of a lifetime. Yeah, this is becoming like a new trend for Jordan. We all know and love the Wolf Kino that she did in 2017 at US Championships. And then now she does, was it a side aerial? Yeah, she did a side aerial and she like lifted her leg up like wobble. But then she grabbed her leg and was like, no, check this out. She's like, that was actually supposed to happen. <laughs> it was so casual. Like, she really, really is the master at disguising pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. She could take something that's a really big mistake and make it seem like not that big of a deal. Yeah, that's a veteran move to be able to do that. I also want to say that her floor routine is starting to grow on me. In the beginning, I kind of missed the routine she had last year. I did too. But you can't doubt how amazing she performs that routine. I had chills watching it. She just is so into it. It feels like you're watching 
like a performance. Like if you were going to, I'm trying to think of what I want to, how I want to describe it. It's like she's a backup dancer for somebody on stage. She's not the backup dancer. She's like the main act. <laughs> True. Okay. Well, don't, the reason why I don't say, offend Jordan Childs like that. She is nobody's backup dancer. No. no. What I mean. By I know that what you mean. I know is that mean. like. Typically, when dancers are on stage, they're performing with an artist, and the artist is usually focused on singing. They're not focused on dancing. Right. But if dance concerts were a thing, Jordan Childs would be the star. She's she, front and center. She goes all out. Yeah. She puts, like, everything that she has into her routine. And, and then you think about the tumbling that she's doing as well, and it's like she's not just dancing. She's doing incredibly hard tumbling, and the endurance that she has to have to be able to do that is yeah, just crazy. She doesn't even look tired. Yeah. It's just like, how is she doing this? So mad respect for Jordan Childs for being able to perform the way she does. And the floor routine is definitely starting to grow on me, largely due to the fact that she performs it so dang well. Washington also had a really solid me. They have such pretty gymnastics on their team. Um, and Washington is a team that we don't really talk about all that much. But I feel like on Beam in particular, they really, really caught my eye at this meet. They have Morgan Bowles. She absolutely picture perfect stunning toe point the lines i mean she really has it all they have skylar Killawillam. everyone knows her she's beautiful brennan brooks she's super confident on beam she looks like she's just like moving on the floor she looks so unfazed by everything that's going on around her and you absolutely love to see that level of confidence especially from a lead off on beam mm -hmm. so I really took note of that. Also, Lana Navarro, she's someone that we had on a fantasy team last year, and her confidence is just continuing to grow. And like I said, I think Washington, they really are a program that's on the rise. I was really, really impressed by the cleanliness of their gymnastics, um, the consistency of their gymnastics. Really across the board, I really don't feel like they have a weak event as a team. They were really just solid all the way through and really think with the level of talent they have on their team, they have the potential to be one of the best teams in the Pac-12 this year. So then I guess moving on to Sunday, like we mentioned, we went to Eastern Michigan, which unlike Central Michigan is super close to us. It's literally like in our backyard, which is great. It takes us like three minutes to get to their arena. It's incredible. You could walk. If the weather was nice, you could walk. <laughs> but it was their first meet of the season. Obviously, I'm an alum of Eastern Michigan, so gotta go and show my support and, you know, Eastern is having a little bit of a slower start to their season than I think they'd like to. But another team that has a lot of talent and potential. We have a lot of the Eastern girls on our fantasy teams this year. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Ella Shimani, we've mentioned her before. She's a favorite of ours. And I think everyone knows her name by now. I feel like she's the, the one person on the team that people really like are drawn to yeah well and it's because she's really reliable particularly on beam um she's already got a 9925 this season and she got a 9825 this weekend well they actually competed twice this weekend they competed friday she got a 9925 on friday and then on sunday she got a 9825 which i thought maybe was a little bit low um i think that she's much improved on her leaps that was one area in the past that i think the judges for sure were deducting on was she wasn't completely hitting the 180 degree split but she just does the same thing every single time she's up on the beam. She's so consistent, so reliable, and she's just a huge asset to the Eastern Michigan team. She's only a sophomore, so you know, really excited to see how her season progresses. And we have Hayden Crossan, Raisa Boris. There are other you know, really reliable gymnasts for Eastern that um, I feel like the team, as was the story last year, a little bit 
you know, hampered with injuries. They had way more injuries last season. They're definitely working with a little bit more this season, but I feel like not everybody is quite at 100%. Hayden Crossan hasn't been doing vaults. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with Kyrie Lowe. She's only been doing bars, whereas she did all four events at the exhibition meet at Michigan before season began. And looked really good there. Yeah, she got. I think she got a 9.85 on beam. And she got a 9.8 something too on full. I don't remember exactly what she got, but it was in the 9.8 range. So she's very much that caliber of athlete. She's honestly somebody that I think has potential to be one of the greatest Eastern Michigan gymnasts of all time. She just has great technique and clean lines. Yeah, she can bring in a big score for sure. So she's doing bars at the moment, which is great. But I think Eastern's definitely going to want to get her in a couple more lineups by the end of the season. Ball State did come away with the win at this meet and they looked really great. Similar to Central Michigan, I feel like they're one of the cleaner teams in the MAC conference. And they have good difficulty too, especially on vault. I know everyone is a big fan of Suki Fister. Her front handspring, front pike half is amazing. And she nailed it at this meet. She only got a 9-8 and I was furious because it was at least without, a 9-9. Well, right. And without a doubt, the best piece of gymnastics in that entire competition. But if you were to take that ball and put it in, you know, any SEC team's vault lineup, it would have for sure gone 9-9. Right. We're not saying it's the same as Haley Bryant. Like, okay, well, it's, it's the same vault, but like, we're not saying it's done the same as Haley Bryant. Well, but we posted Suki's vault on our triple twist Twitter and somebody commented on it with like screenshots of like Haley's vault. And I'm like, we're not trying to compare it to Haley's vault. Obviously her vault is like superior compared to anybody doing that. But I just feel like the scoring isn't consistent with what we're seeing in other conferences, the bigger conferences. Yeah, because there was no deductions at the landing. She stuck it. She was in the center of the mat. Her chest was up. There really was no deductions there if you're being fair. <laughs> so that was a little bit eh about that me. I was expecting that to be a big score. She she landed and I looked at Brittany and I was like, like yeah, that's going to be like huge. Did you see that? And then it went 9-8. And it went 9-8 and we're like, Okay, well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> but Ball State, I mean, they've been having a really good season. Their lowest score is a 1941. That was actually their first meet of the season at Florida. And since then, they've been, you know, steadily climbing. They're in the mid 195 range, actually competed twice. Actually, they're competing three times this weekend. So they competed Friday, they competed Sunday, and then they're also competing tonight, which is Monday. Are they really? Yes. That's a lot. They are going hard. And I think they also compete again on Friday. So they're. Pray for Ball State. I hope they're okay. Those girls probably had to be so tired, but Where? they went one nine six five five zero on Friday. So I started to say it was a double meet weekend, but it's actually a triple meet weekend. But on the first meet of the weekend, they had a phenomenal meet. They were at the Tennessee Collegiate Classic, which was you know a big deal because Fisk. That was kind of they were treating it as like their first home meet. It wasn't technically on Fisk's campus, but it was in Tennessee. And it was Fisk, Kent State, Lindenwood, SEMO, and Ball State. And Ball State was phenomenal. 196-550. So many huge scores from that meet. Grace Evans got a 9925 on beam. 
Victoria Henry, 9.925 on floor, and 9.875 on vault. Which she does Yurchenko one and a half, which it's a pretty big deal in the MAC conference. You don't see a lot of 10 off start values, let alone Yurchenko one and a half in particular. And hers is so powerful. It's huge. Suki Fister got a well-deserved 9.9 on vault on that meet, and 9.95 on floor. Yeah, so it was like just a phenomenal day for them. I mean, that floor rotation... They did have two falls, but aside from that, they had 9925, 995, 9875, and 99. So imagine if they didn't have to count a fall on floor. That would have oh been. Oh my god, huge... that would have rivaled like Michigan. <laughs> right. Like this is Ball State, so that's it's incredible. Also, Taylor Waldo, another 9925 on beam. I mean, it was really and right here, we have the scores here. Megan Teeter on bars, 995. It, like, doesn't stop. I keep, like, yeah, I keep spotting more 99s on this Road to Nationals. <laughs> we obviously didn't watch this meet because it was not streamed anywhere that I was aware of, but we were super excited for them to be coming to Eastern on Sunday because they had that phenomenal meet on Friday, and they looked pretty great on Sunday as well. So they're yeah. one of my favorite teams in the MAC Conference, for sure. And they're another team, like Central, that not only has a really good shot at winning max this year but that i'd really love to see at regionals they're a team that hasn't made it Ooh, i don't even know when they last made it it's been a long long time since yeah. ball state i mean not in like my college gymnastics fan life has ball state ever made it to regionals but watch out for them this season because they're doing big things and so the last meet that we're going to talk about from this weekend is Michigan, Michigan State. I know Oklahoma, Utah happened, but unfortunately, Ashley and I still have not watched it yet just because we didn't get home until super late last night. And then we both been working all day today and now we're recording the podcast and trying to get this up. So that meet, unfortunately, we will not be talking about, but we can give scores. So Oklahoma came out on top with a 197.925, and Utah came away with a 197.275. Don't know what I make of that, considering that I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but I will say that from what I've seen online, I'm hearing that Oklahoma was maybe slightly overscored just because they were at home, and kind of similar to what we saw last week where they have, you know, somebody will go up and have a short landing on floor or they'll go out of bounds and they'll get like a 985 or something that's just like not mathematically possible. Yeah. I heard there was a couple instances of overscoring like that. And then Utah didn't look their absolute best. They weren't on their A game from what I've heard. So I'm super excited to watch that. We are very excited to watch it. And if we have any super pressing thoughts, we will share them with you guys next week. But as for now, those are the scores. Oklahoma remains number one in the nation with Florida second and Michigan third. And then Utah is fourth. So not really too many ranking changes, um, at least at the top of the rankings. Michigan actually had a potential shot at moving up to the number one spot, depending on what they did at Michigan State. And maybe that's a perfect segue because <laughs> they did not do at all what I think everyone expected them to do. Um, but I will say it was an incredible meet. One of the most fun gymnastics meets that I've been to. Michigan State is not a team that normally draws in a big crowd, but the Jenison Fieldhouse was packed. They called it a sellout. So. Yeah. And granted, they don't, they like section off half of the, I don't know if you want to call it an arena. It's not like technically an arena, but. It's like a track field. Yeah. And so they're seating all around, kind of in the shape of like an oval. Yeah. And they have like half of the oval. Yeah. Th think off. about think about an indoor track. That's literally what it is. And then they, they half it. 
but they added a lot more seats this year. They have a big student section area. Um, there was not a single spot to sit. Like, I did no. not see a single spot that was open. You would have been sitting on someone's lap. There was even towards the end, if you look on floor, you'll see people standing by the floor. There was literally people standing. Yeah, it was... It was incredible. It was quite the environment, and that's something that... You know, we talked to Abby High School from Michigan after the meet. She noted the environment. Mike Rowe said he's never seen a crowd like that before. So, it was just really, really cool to see. And, you know, Michigan State, you gotta give it to them. They had a phenomenal meet. They were on from start to finish. And that's something that we talked about in the car on the way there was, you know, Michigan State rising to the occasion because they have a really good team that can absolutely beat Michigan on a good day for them, a good day for them, and maybe a not-so-great day for Michigan. And that's exactly what happened. Gone are the days where Michigan could just show up and probably count on winning the meet no matter what kind of performance they had. Michigan State has elevated to a point where they can challenge with some of the best teams in the nation. And they don't always get the opportunity to go against some of the very top teams in the nation because they're in the Big Ten Conference. Mm -hmm. We did see them at Alabama the first week of the season. And then last week they were at NC State, I believe. And they had a really rough meet there. But they came roaring back against Michigan. They pulled out all the stops. They, from start to finish, had probably as good of a performance as they could have expected. And they 100% deserve to come away on top. What I think the biggest difference was between Michigan and Michigan State was Michigan State really had the stuck landings and really minimal deductions everywhere else. Like they didn't have many wobbles on beam. They were nailing their floor passes. They were hitting handstands on bars. And sure, like here and there, there's like couple areas or people that didn't quite do what they wanted to same with Michigan but overall that's what was lacking with Michigan that Michigan State had I mean they they were sticking vaults they were nailing floor landings they were sticking bar dismounts yep. and they had the crowd on their side obviously because duh they're they're home but they had the energy behind them and there was just this roar every time they stuck a landing and I think that that just continued to fuel them mm-hmm. as the meet went on And they led through the first rotation, the second rotation. Michigan took it back just barely in the third. And then last rotation, Michigan State was on floor. Michigan went to beam. And and we knew it was going to be hard just with the way that floor scoring seemed to be higher than beam scoring. Like when Michigan State was on beam, Michigan was on floor. And just like vault, scoring was higher on vault than it was on bars. Yeah, so whatever judges were, we'll have to go back and see. We were joking in the last rotation. We were looking at, well actually no, it was the third rotation. We were looking, while Michigan was on floor, we could see how high the scores were. And we were looking at Michigan State scores on beam and them not being like super high, just just being fair. They were being fair. Like Michigan State would go up and somebody would like literally pick anybody in the lineup and the supplies. They would like nail their routine. It was a very solid routine. Like 9.9 you would think in any Florida And it gets like 9.85 and then we're laughing. We're like, all right, we're doomed. (laughs) Like running on beam and we have to go over there and they're giving 9.85s for hit routines. Like this is over. Yeah. But, I mean, it was fun. And it was fair scoring, I would say. It's it's not that they were, like, underscoring or anything. Like, the scoring was absolutely fair. And that was the thing. I would have been frustrated if they were being really harsh on Michigan, but not Michigan State. Like we said, bars and beam seemed to be the stricter events scoring-wise. And they were consistent from 
team to team. Like, it wasn't like they were intentionally being really harsh on Michigan and then turning their heads when Michigan State was going and not actually taking deductions. No, I really think that Michigan State was just the better team that day. And that's okay. Like, they absolutely deserved it. And I think everyone's happy for them. Honestly, I even think, like, Michigan's team is kind of happy for them. Like, I could see the smiles on everyone's face. Like, they just knew that it was a big moment. And obviously, like, they want to win. So there's going to be a part of them that's probably, like, slightly disappointed. But, like, we talked to Abby High School after the meet. She had such a good attitude. Like, everyone just had, like, good vibes. And we got to chat with Mike Rowe after the fact. We got a picture with him. We put it on our Twitter. Everyone just had, like, really good vibes. I think everyone was just happy for Michigan State that they were having this moment. And then Brittany, this noob... (laughs) Nicole Curler-Jones, assistant coach, comes over at the end, and of course, she's just, like, poking the bear at this point, because she knows that we're big Michigan fans, but she comes over and she goes, go green, and Brittany goes, go green, and then she's like, you're supposed to say go white. I don't know. I don't say those words. Like, you cannot blame me. It was pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean, as a Michigan fan, a diehard Michigan fan, I had fun I'm not mad about the outcome of this. I think Michigan State deserves it. They've been on the rise for a while now. And And this is a big boost of confidence for them to take down the number three team in the nation. I think technically, actually, at that point in time, the number two team. Yeah. Because of the updated rankings. And I will say this. As a Michigan fan, I think we saw near, not 100%, but we saw near MSU's best at this meet. And I know we didn't see Michigan's best at this meet. Not even anywhere so close. So I find peace as a fan knowing that, yeah, you can't win them all. But, you know, at the end of the season, if Michigan does what they're supposed to do, they're going to be in the mix. And I'm okay with that. You know, the end goal is not beating Michigan State at the regular season meet. Well, that applies to any team. Like, truthfully, it doesn't really matter what your win-loss record is. As long as you are staying healthy building confidence and getting consistency in your lineup, whatever that may look like. That's really what matters at the end of the day is you're building towards postseason. And I think that's kind of the attitude that I I know Michigan is embracing, but I'm sure any top team is as well. Like you're, you're looking at the bigger picture and you know, of course you want to win when you're going against the, one of your biggest rivals, Ohio state is actually next weekend, ironically. And they're doing just as good. Yeah. It's going to be another. Actually real quickly. This is the perfect time to say, I want to give a shout out to the big 10. I mean, this is something that we've never seen in our gymnastics fan, college gymnastics fan life. Big Ten Gymnastics is thriving right now. You got Michigan at number three. You got Ohio State 11th and Michigan State 12th. And Ohio State, we mentioned this last week, I think, they started the season beating two SEC teams. Yep. And then they beat Iowa, which is another top Big Ten team. Yeah. Typically a team that I think fans would associate as being better than Ohio State. I'm putting that with air quotes. Yeah. So they're looking really good. And so it's going to be another tough meet for Michigan. They're going to be at home. So they have that, at least in their favor, the energy of the crowd behind them. Similar to Michigan State. It's one of those meets where Michigan cannot make too many mistakes. They, They do have to be on their A game. And unlike in years past, they can't you know, make mistakes and walk away with the win. It's it's not a guarantee. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to keep Michigan on their toes, which is only going to make them better. And, you know, for these teams that are kind of rising up and trying to get more consistently on what you would consider Michigan's level, um, I think this is a big confidence boost for them. This is so big for Big Ten Gymnastics to have so many teams ranked in the top, honestly, top 20, I guess you could say, 
It reminds me of something that Bev said on the Michigan Insider the week prior. She actually was previewing the Michigan-Michigan State meet, and she was talking about how talented Michigan State's team is. And she was saying that the best kind of meets are the ones where you don't know who's going to win. And she was talking about how much that grows, not only the sport of gymnastics, but it grows interest in the Big Ten. You want it to be competitive. You don't want to watch a meet where Michigan destroys everybody and it's not fun. You right. Know what I mean? Like, and this is so good for like, think about all those people that came to that meet and think about the competition that they saw. It's a rival, you know, a huge rival, Michigan, Michigan state. The fans then, are very, between the schools, the fans are very, very passionate. Yeah. About any sport and, and their team winning. And to have it be so close to have your team doing so well, it's just thrilling. It's fun to watch. So I hope that more people will come back to gymnastics meets and, you know, whether it be Michigan state or they, any, it doesn't matter what school, you know, it's stuff like that, that draws fans into gymnastics and gets them excited about the sport. And I think that's really important. We went to this meet with a couple other gym fans. We have our, our gym mom, Amy, who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. She was there. Derek, our friend, um, Max, Sarah. We had some other people that were supposed to show up, but unfortunately couldn't make it out. But we had a, a nice little group sitting with us. We had a lot of fun. And I think something that we all kind of agreed, you know, after the meet, just talking. As fans of the sport, we just love to see really good gymnastics and we appreciate good gymnastics when we see it and I really feel like this meet was the epitome of all things that all gymnastics fans love it was a close competition it was two rival schools it was clean gymnastics it was good gymnastics high difficulty gymnastics Michigan State was just undeniable though in this meet like they were just it was their meet from the start the energy was theirs. They were putting up the landings on vault. You know, they had Nikki Smith stick a one and a half. Skylar Schulte stuck her vault. Gabby Stevens. <laughs> Sage Kellerman. Oh, and Sage Kellerman. I want to give a shout out to her. She is just so incredible. The only event she's doing this season is vault, but it's a 10 start value front handspan, front pike half. And she is getting such great scores. I think so far she has a she nine, hasn't nine, gone below 9.85. She's, I don't think she's even gone below 9.875. She's, I think she did get NA5 here. Oh, you're right. This meet, she did. She did, yeah. And I felt it was a little low. And granted, she was a little squatty on the landing. And she was close to the table. She did not get a lot of distance, but she did stick the landing. But I don't even <laughs> care. Her vault is great, and it's, it's fun to watch. So, yeah, just a lot of exciting gymnastics. This is an exciting time for Michigan State, and really looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season unfolds. And it's going to be interesting for Michigan, too, because, you know, now... The regular season Big Ten title is they looking can, a little... They can maybe get a share of it, depending on what happens, but... They're basically now putting it in somebody Michigan else's. State's hands. Or, yeah, putting it in someone else's hands uh, because of this loss. So that's a little unfortunate, but like we already talked about, you know... In the grand scheme of things, that doesn't necessarily matter as much as some of their other goals, I would imagine. Um, but we should probably mention some of the highlights from Michigan, because I feel like we kind of just like... <laughs> skimmed over them and we were like Michigan State is great Michigan is also great Abby High School started on bars with the best bar routine that I have ever seen her do she agreed she said she felt like that was the best bar routine that she's ever done and it only went 9875 which is criminal in my opinion yeah I thought it was gonna go 995 yes I would have gone I was shook when I saw the score I don't know where the deduction was personally but go yeah. off judges <laughs> Um, Nicoletta Kulos got a 9.8, yeah. I think, which I thought that was a little bit low. I think she probably had some handstands that weren't, like, 
completely perfect, but she stuck her dismount. It was a good routine. 9-8 kind of felt a little bit harsh in comparison to some of the other scores that we see from well, Oklahoma. And- truthfully, what I care more about is that she continued her 9-8-2-5 floor streak. She's so good on floor. She's so consistent. Like, literally three weeks in a row, 9-9-2-5, queen. And her performance qualities unmatched. Her dance. She's just a really good dancer. Um, if you haven't seen, go look on Inside Gems YouTube channel because we interviewed her after the meet with Denver and Fisk. And we talked to her about her floor and her dance background and all that. So... Um, if you're interested in knowing a little bit more about that, go look at that. Other highlights, Kaylin Morgan. We saw an exhibition on bars and it was beautiful. Put it in the lineup immediately. Bev Plucky <laughs> liked our tweet and we said, we tweeted Kaylin's bar routine and said, put this in the lineup and Bev liked it. So oh. if you see her in the lineup next week, that was saying. That was a decision made by us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, really, it needs to be in the lineup. It's a beautiful routine. Also, ridiculously underscored. Granted, it was an exhibition, but she got a nine eight two five, and I'm like, how? So like, rude. This, this is so yeah, so rude. I don't really see many deductions wrong with that. Like, no, she stuck to dismount everything. Yeah, handstands, literally perfect. Legs together on the Maloney to pack. Like normally, people have like a leg separation, especially on like the back swing out of the Maloney. She doesn't. It doesn't exist with Kayla Morgan. It's yeah. really great technique. Go watch that on our Triple Twist Twitter and tell us what the deductions are. How they got to 9825 because I'm just not personally seeing it. And I'm sure you can, just like with any routine with Suki's Vault, people are like pointing out all these things. We could probably always knock a score down. Like we could go like really deep into it and knock a score down. But I think if you're being consistent with what other top teams are getting, don't act like that routine was a 985 because it wasn't. And that's all I'm going to say. I think that Kaylin Morgan is the future of Michigan gymnastics. She also stuck her full on ball as well. Yeah. I forget what it scored. I th- 985. Okay, so I think a 985. Yeah, honestly, it, her it, full was scoring. They would have wanted that in the lineup because they rusted Raina Gugino. They had Jenna Mulgan, which she also has a nice full, but uh, Kaylin's technically scored higher in the exhibition spot. So, yeah. Not, she's, not that that was like a huge difference maker for Michigan in that meet, but... Oh, no, no, no. But just as far as thinking about the future and the potential of the team, I feel like she's somebody that's going to play a really big role in the future. So very, very excited to see what she's able to do this season and hoping that she'll make it into, at the very least, the bar lineup. But I'm also really eager to see her floor team as well because we've been told that it's great. So something that we are looking forward to. But yeah, I think that was pretty much... The highlights in my mind for both teams. Um, yeah. I think the ending, just seeing everyone from Michigan State, the, the fans, the, the team. It was just, their alumni meet, so they had all a bunch of alumni there. Yeah, they were just so thrilled, as they should be. It was a lot of fun to watch and be a part of. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And of course, we want to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. So a big thank you to Amy M., Martin, Jasmine C., Emily B, Abby M, Derek H, Carrie M, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Paul M, Becca S, DFP, Amy C, Blake B, Elaine E, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Erica S, Maria L, Milan W, and M. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate and love you all so, so much. Next week, we got to be honest with you, I don't think me and Ash are going to have an episode out just because we are going to have a busy weekend slash early 
following week. We are commentating the Michigan homie against Ohio State next week. So if you happen to have BTN Plus and you want to tune in, your girls will be commentating. If you don't want to spend the money on BTN Plus, usually they get uploaded to YouTube after. So you can always catch it there. And then on Wednesday, Ashley and I are actually flying out to Salt Lake City to go to the UCLA Utah meet on Friday that following week. But in the days leading up, we're going to be just hanging around Salt Lake City. We're going to be going to visit the University of Utah, going into the gym, filming some stuff for the Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that. But with that being said, I think we're just going to have like a really busy couple days starting around the weekend and then leading into early next week. So probably no new episode, but we will be back the following week and break down everything that we missed and also share our experience with going to Utah with you all. So we hope you guys have a good week or so and we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye.